Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of Metacast. Uh, our guest is none other than Caroline Leslie. You've done radio, commercials, anime, movies, theatre, improv, photography, artist. <laughs> You're a YouTuber, writer, singer, songwriter, model, celebrity interviewer, and a mother. But the reason we have you on today is that you did voice Cam Kamazaki and Black Beetle in Metabots. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Wow. What an intro. Wow. I was oh. like, wow, I have done that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's probably the longest list I've had on my notes of <laughs> intro there. I liked it. I was like, okay, I've accomplished something in the midst of the world that we are in now. At least I did those things. <laughs> It's it's always good to have a, a wide repertoire as well. It's not all just funneled down one thing. Well, it is, but sometimes I feel like, oh, does that mean I'm a jack of all trades? But the thing is, is I'm a creative, right? So in my mind, I'm like, I I can never stop creating. Like if I'm having a lull in the acting side, then I'll write a book or I'll do art or so I guess that's where it just comes from. Yeah. <clears throat> um if we if we switch into into metabots just to kick it off uh yeah. did you watch any of the episodes uh prior to auditioning for for the roles camp i don't think i had no um it was i was just fresh out of theater school and i knew i wanted to work in voiceovers and i had worked in uh commercial voiceovers but uh, when this audition came through, I was like, what? A little boy? I really want to play a little boy. It's like Bart Simpson. And I was so excited. And I remember driving down the DVP, the Don Valley Parkway, which is the, a freeway, because um, I was back at home with my parents. I had graduated and I moved back in with them. And I was like, I've got to get this. I got to do this. I really want to. But they didn't give me anything like before I got there I just knew it was a little boy like I didn't have a picture I didn't know what the character was until I walked in the room but no I had not watched the show uh, so you just went in blind and clearly nailed it if they ended up giving you the part <laughs> well yeah so it was cool I remember going into the waiting room and um there was a lot of little boys like there was a lot of 10 year old boys <laughs> and like me and maybe like a couple of other women and uh so they give you a picture like just like a black and white i guess sketch on the paper and then they give you a description but i hadn't got it prior so i looked at it evil little boy evil genius um and your wheels just start turning and you're like okay i have to come up with a voice here and uh so i think i went off to like a little side because the waiting rooms are like you know they're so silent everyone's just sitting there so i think i went into like a hallway and just started like riffing and playing around with it. And um, I was thinking about this when you reached out to me and I was like, I remember what in my mind clicked in for the voice of Cam was what I was thinking it sound like would be, is a mix of my dad and Jack Nicholson in little boy evil form. <laughs> and that's, that's what worked for my brain and calculated. Um, so yeah, that's it. And, and then you, you get the role as Cam, you start recording voices as Cam and then his, his, uh, his bot comes along, Black Beetle, and they just throw that at you as well. Yeah. So I remember one day they're like, Hey, do you want to be Black Beetle too? And I was just like in the booth doing Cam. And, uh, that's sort of like, I guess how it sort of just came around with the dubbing stuff. Like you, I didn't audition for it. They just said, Hey, can you voice Black Beetle? And I said, Sure. And I honestly don't even remember 
what it sounded like. Like I looked at some old footage, but I didn't see the Black Beetle stuff. So I, I don't know. I have to rewatch it. Was there, I guess, any difficulty voicing both Cam and Black Beetle? You know, they've, they've got this dynamic together and you're doing both parts of the dynamic. Yeah, it's definitely weird because you're like, I have to sound like a different character. Um, but, you know, you find it within you. Um, I remember when I first wanted to do uh, animation, I was working on my old like PC and I had an agent, but they saw me as a film and TV person. And then I had started doing commercial voice because I had made a, a demo for that and said, hey, and I just ripped like from magazines, commercial, like red copy. And I was like, hey, look, I can do this. And so I started doing commercial. And then I did the same for, um, for animation. And I like wrote a little cartoon. And I remember there was like an evil snake and they were like running away to join the circus. I don't know, there was a circus. Anyway, so I came up with all these different voices and characters and presented that to um, my agent and they started submitting me for animation. So I, I, I don't know, I, I even to this day, like I, <laughs> I come up with weird voices and just in the house and my kids are like, oh, there's mom again being a weirdo. We call it Loopy Town, mom's gone to Loopy Town. Um, so yeah, so when they threw that at me, I think I was nervous because I was like, oh, what am I going to do? But, you know, you just, you, you figure it out. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot from the, the voice actors that they love playing that sort of villain archetype uh, and that it's really fun. Does that match your experience as well? Oh, yeah, it's so fun. I don't know what it is. It's so fun to be like the evil person, um, especially for me, like at that time in my life, because I guess because of the way I looked and I was young with blonde hair, they would always send me out for like either really cheerful, good girl, sweet roles for on camera or like super just like bitch. And I was like, OK, this is like two archetypes that are kind of boring, but to go in and get to play an evil little boy that sort of like calculated and got all this stuff going. It was just, um, it was so exciting. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Evil's evil. <laughs> evil's fun. <laughs> I think it's just, it, it's so different to like who you are in, in real life and stuff like that. Um, it's fun to be completely and utterly different. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you have any favorite moments that you remember or lines from recording or even just times in the booth that you had a bit of fun? Yeah, so um, um, with the Kilobots, I remember the way I would say it. It's like, our Kilobots will soon be the biggest stars on TV. I remember saying Kilobots and I liked saying it like with that really raspy like, <laughs> slow kind of way um and then i was watching one and it's like stuff comes back to you like certain lines and it's like um get my car make sure everything is prepared for the ambush and the ambush and i was like oh that's awesome um so yeah i i stuff comes flows back but other stuff like you watch it i'm like i have no recollection of doing that or saying that <laughs> but you know because they threw a lot at you like you'd get the, I can't remember if you'd get the script beforehand, but not too far beforehand. And then you're just suddenly thrown in the booth and you know, you've got that screen up there and the script on the, you know, lectern and you're just, <laughs> the mouth is like flap, flap, flap. And it was intense. It was intense because, you know, it was one of my first gigs out of theater school that was like a big show and um, you want to get it right. And it was not, as easy as just doing um, 
you know, cartoons from scratch. <clears throat> yeah, it, I guess you got the the extra added aspects of having to match, and uh, you got the Japanese performance and everything. But yeah. now having done, I'm going to say everything. It'd be easier to list a bunch of roles you haven't done in terms of the creative world. Uh, where do you find dubbing sort of lies in that in terms of, is it easier or harder than most mediums when it comes to recording or doing stuff like that? Um, I mean, I haven't really done a lot of dubbing since. I've done more just stuff from scratch, but um, I found it quite tricky. Um, I think it's easier today. I, I think they have easier methods, but, um, you know, there'd be times where, because you obviously haven't memorized the lines where you're you're having to look down and just hoping that it's matching the, the mouth flaps. And then you're like looking up and down. Um, the directors, like the producers, and I mean, the directors on that show were really great. Like they would sort of just sometimes give you like um, more of like a timing, like, okay, slow this part down right here, but keep this part fast. So like if the line, they'd split it like to match the flap. So they would help you that way. Um, but yeah i mean like going in and laying down i mean it's all tricky and it's all fun right like none of it's i wouldn't say any of it's easier they're harder like doing i did um scourge of worlds i was lit in a dungeons and dragons um animation and that was all from scratch but because you're not seeing anything i have to create all the um war cries and yells and the kicks and you're not seeing anything but you're imagining this huge battle and you're screaming um and um, like an audition i did recently like you always have to put yourself that you're there and suspend your disbelief like it's a plane crashing and so you have to be screaming as if the plane is crashing that's not easy right so um yeah i don't know it's all just if you can um be in the moment and concentrate and suspend your disbelief then you can do it and in terms of dubbing yeah it's not um, for the faint of heart <laughs> did you find other than the beeping and the mouth flaps and stuff like that that transitioning from voiceovers and radio and stuff like that into uh, voice acting in general even was sort of a natural progression or an easy transition yeah I think so uh-huh because I had started doing um, commercial work so I was already voicing like I think I did like KFC directs like a bunch of stuff McDonald's so I was already in the booth and comfortable and in theater school we had a voice class um, so I had already trained so I think that's half of it, just knowing where the mic is and where you're, um, you're not afraid of the mic, you're comfortable with your P's and S's and all that stuff that you've learned and trained for so that you can concentrate on the dubbing and, 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 and the other stuff. So your head's not in the technical stuff. Hmm. Um, so that definitely helped um, for sure. And I remember it was weird because being in theater school, doing the voice class, I loved it so much. And as a kid, like I always created voices. I did shows with my sister. I had puppets. And I was like, this is fantastic. I'm going to be a voice actor. And then they would play back the stuff to me and I'd be like, oh, that is not what I thought it sounded. Oh, my, that's awful. Like it was not connected in theater school. Like I was doing something thinking it sounded one way and it was sounding another way. And so 
like I said, I worked at it myself at home. And um, when I started auditioning for the voiceover commercial stuff and booking stuff, it, it had connected. I was like, okay, what I'm doing is what I want it to sound like. And, and, taking the, and also taking the direction is huge, right? In voiceover, you need to be able to do what they ask you to do. Um, you know, you can be in a session for uh, like 10 minutes if you can um, just lay it down. And then they ask you for a, a, a small tweak. And, and, and you do it. I was in New York for, for years and I, I was the voice of Yoplait. And um, I would go to some sessions and I would be like in and out. And my husband would be like, you're done? I was like, yeah. So, you know, it's just being able to really know your voice and know the tweaks, um, like higher, lower, raspier. Um, sometimes they'll say weird words that you have to decipher and hope <laughs> that you're doing what the director's asking. But yeah. Um, and then if we even lift up and look away from talking into a microphone world you've done so many things there what inspires you or sort of drives you to to jump into another world and go pick up a camera and go do photography or try some youtube stuff or jump into another world like that uh so photography was always something that i loved when I was um, in high school, there were two things that like consumed a lot of my time. One of them was photography and being in the dark room. I even saved my summer earnings and created a dark room in my parents' basement, which looking back probably wasn't the greatest idea because there wasn't proper ventilation. It was like a cold cellar and I had all the chemicals doing stuff. I don't know. Anyway, so there was that side. Um, and then the other side was I would just like shut the door to my room and do monologues and work on, you know, acting pieces and stuff like that. And so they were both passions of mine. And so um, when it came to going to school, I got in for both programs in different schools, but it was like this crossroads, which one are you going to study? Which one is like, you know, winning out here. And um, so I decided to do theater. And plus I got into the school of my choice. I was so excited. And then the photography kind of fell by the wayside for a few years there. And then when I found myself, um, we were in New York, we lived in New York for six years and uh, I wanted to get a part-time job and through a casting director randomly, she's like, oh, I know this woman and she does headshots. And she's like a big New York headshot photographer. And I was like, oh great, I'd love to be her assistant. And like, well, I get on my feet here in New York. And so I got a job with her. Her name's Gin Z Doc. She's fantastic. She became a best friend. And I studied with her. And then I started doing the photography on the side while I was doing, I worked for Entertainment Weekly as a red carpet host and like did comedy and all kinds of stuff in New York. But I was doing the photography. I shot a couple of weddings. Um, so it was just something that, and I think, I think this happens a lot. I think that like, you know, you'll see some somebody like an actor and you'll be like, whoa, I didn't know they paint or I didn't know they were a singer or like even Jim Carrey when he started doing those paintings like in recent years, I was like, oh my gosh. I think when you're just a creative person, it's like, it kind of just bubbles. I mean, maybe not for everybody, I don't know. But for me, like I just started doing resin art and um, I started it in the pandemic and I just, I love it. I don't know. I can't explain why these things, I just get inspired to do different artistic things. Yeah, I, I think it is exactly from the perspective of someone who also does things like photography and hosting podcasts and all these hundred other things. I think it is just yeah. that you just like, oh, I could give that a try. 
Yeah. And then you're like, and, I enjoy it. <laughs> right. And you don't know, like, if you're going to be good at it, like with the resin thing, to be honest with you, it was a, um, it was like one of those sponsored Instagram ads that was like, hey, make geo coasters out of resin. I was like, what's resin? What is this? And I like go click on the thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm clicking on the targeted ad. And then I was like, oh, I'll just order this one mold and just try it. And then I was like, this is so cool. And it's like Christmas morning because you wait like 24 hours, 12 to 24 hours. And each morning I'm like, look at the treasures I've made. <laughs> it's very exciting. It's very gratifying too, actually, as an actor, because if you think about it, I was thinking about this the other day, acting yes you get to see the final product when you work on a project and that is very satisfying and gratifying but it takes a long time um like when i shot the boys it got pushed and like i don't think it came out till like a year later and so it's like okay you did it you had a great time on set you made these connections and then you don't see anything but with this it's like an instant thing i can see and i think that's the same thing with you know writing and phot well photography you can see it instantly but i think that's probably why i like that too it kind of balances out Hmm. Uh, you you mentioned the boys there. Um, when when scrolling through IMDb or Wikipedia, it, it jumps out at you immediately. What was it? What was it like to I guess go into that world and uh, record an episode of the boys? So cool because I'd watched the uh, show and I'm like, this is a great show. So when the audition came through, I was like, oh, the boys, that's awesome because they're shooting a lot of stuff in Toronto hmm. now. Um, which I'm based in Toronto right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I remember doing the audition and it was, uh, they had the actors read for all the different parts. Cause there was a couple of reporters. So we, it was like a couple of pages of, of script and, um, going into that set was super cool because they shoot at Roy Thompson hall in Toronto, which is our like big symphony downtown. And, um, but in the show it's the, um, bot enterprise. So they add with CGI, this huge, you know, tower and you're watching it being like, that's Roy Thompson hall. So, and also I had covered red carpets at Roy Thompson hall when I was doing stuff with entertainment weekly. And so to be back there, but being on set on a really cool hit show was exciting. Um, and then to walk in and the day that I was shooting, they were doing other stuff where the um, leads, the superheroes are doing a press junket. So they're on a red carpet. So they had like all these cool um, signs set up, a whole bunch of extras playing like photographers and stuff. So there was like a real buzz on set. Um, but funny story with that. Um, they wanted somebody to, the, the role that I specifically played was supposed to be kind of like a Diane Sawyer type. So they wanted someone to specifically play those lines where, um, 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 where, oh my God, I'm forgetting his name. Where, oh my God, what's his name? Oh, anyway, the lead guy comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that part out. No, you don't have to. Anyway, um. So they wanted someone specifically for that. So they call me over, um, the, like the the third AD, and then they call me over to a producer, and then they're like, um, "Yeah, the director and the writer want to talk to you." And I'm like, "Oh, did I do something wrong? Is this wardrobe? What's happening?" So they're like, "Hey, we think we'd like you to play the Diane Sawyer scene," and um, because we'd all kind of come in being prepared to read any of those lines or parts. Hmm. And so then they just called me over on set and said, "Can you read this?" And I go, "Okay." And then they go, "Now." 
I go, okay. So then I just did the lines for them. And then they're like, great. Thank you. You'll be that part. Oh, a train. His name is a train. A train comes back. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cut that clip. We'll dub it in into the, the spot there. All right. Good. Um, talking about the boys, uh, I don't, usually have too much interaction from my family when i say hey i'm gonna have a guest on the podcast or whatever but my aunt loves the boys and she has one question that um she was adamant i ask even though i'm pretty sure you don't have a say in this she said can you please speed up the production of season three Uh, yeah oh my gosh i know i think um even season two was supposed to come out in the summer and then I think because of the pandemic and everything, they pushed it to September. Because I remember their original launch date was like July, and then they pushed it. So I have no idea about season three. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if they had me come back, though. There's that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so you're telling us your character doesn't come back. We'll note this down <laughs> as spoilers for season three. <laughs> right, it's yeah, yeah. It's breaking news. Headline. We'll put it out. <laughs> Um, and I guess one other thing about the, the boys part is what was it like to play a character whose role was a reporter, which was something you've done previously? Yeah. So, um, I also played, well, I played an analyst on Condor, but they do call me in for those roles because I have a background as a, as a reporter. Um, but, uh, it was great. And I have to be honest with you, my husband is a reporter. Um, he anchors a business television show, morning show here in um, Canada. And so I, because my mine was more fun kind of entertainment stuff. And this was uh, the, the part that I did on The Boys was less so that sort of feel and more serious. Um, so yeah, I kind of sometimes look to what he does because he's around all the time doing his show. So it's like I have a model right there so i just sort of you know did that and uh as we as we come to the end here uh i know you mentioned auditioning for uh a plane crash uh character in the middle of the show uh i believe that's for one of your shows come you're doing soon called mayday yes so i'm shooting next week i think um yeah it's called mayday and um, they reenact real plane crashes. So this, um, I will be playing First Officer Shanda Fanning, and this happened in 2013, a UPS flight um, crashed. And um, so I will be playing her, and uh, it's a great story, a very sad story, but um, I feel feel honored to play her. Um, And so, yeah, you can look for that. Uh, And is it... Any other things you're working on, whether that's your photography or resin art or anything that you want to promote or maybe point people in the direction of? Sure. Um, I have a book called Who's Tired of Perfect that um, I wrote last year. I'm actually trying to um, make it into a a TV series or a, a film. Um, so I'm in the process of pitching it, but the pandemic has slowed things down a little bit. Uh, but... Uh, it was a, a, um, a diary format book that just sort of flowed out of me last year. And I had to write it in that way. I always love first person diary books. And so, but I, I wrote it seeing it as a movie, but wrote it in that form. Um, 
you can get it on Amazon. I'm pretty sure you can get it where you are. I made it available everywhere. And um, with the resin, yeah, I do like coasters and um, art and um, it, it's really uh, exciting. So that's called too much lush com if people want to check it out and uh yeah uh, and i guess finally if people want to reach out or take a look at your social media uh do you have those links yeah so my insta is at caroline.leslie l-e-s-l-e-y and uh yeah that's my main one i would go to my insta i'm not really i know you contacted me through twitter <laughs> thank you but uh my platform is really instagram so yeah how, how often do you have to spell out your last name like or someone spells it wrong on a form or something like that uh so it's actually my middle name but when i was acting i my last name is skoreko and it's just too hard to pronounce it's ukrainian and there's a y in there and people will be like skoriako so i was just like hey i'm just gonna be my middle name caroline leslie but then you get people think it's ie so i just yeah, it's usually people get it. Usually people get L-E-S-L-E-Y, but there's the odd time where it's the I-E or something like on like a pay form. And I'm like, oh no, this is, anyway, it's all good. And you then there's Caroline. <laughs> yeah, I tried to, tried to take it. And then, and yeah, anyways, it's all good. I don't get mad. Some people get really mad. I don't get mad when people get it wrong. Um, that's good. It's always good to be more carefree around it and like, okay with it. Uh, but yeah, you tried to take the easier option, moving away from the last name and you still got Leslie and people are goofing it. I know. Now it's like, uh, but you have two first names, which is not true because I have a friend who is named Carolyn Leslie, i.e. And that's her real name. Her husband's married name is Leslie. So when people say you have two first names now, I'm like, no, -uh, no, -uh. <laughs> I know somebody with the last name Leslie. All right. Well, it's uh, it's been great talking to you for this episode. Um, yeah. And it's uh, been amazing to hear just the the wide breadth of stuff that you've worked on and being able to talk about you know Metabots from 20 years ago and then the boys that's coming out now and all this extra stuff around you're just such a creative person uh, across the the world of stuff ah well thank you so much for having me on this was so fun well, i was like oh my god i'd love to revisit metabots it was such a great show to work on and it was so important to me so i i appreciate you reaching out <laughs>